185milesouth.com. Smash that Patreon button. One hundred and eighty-five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. Questions and answers. In this corner, the challenger fighting out of the hard corner. From Seattle, Washington, it's the Axeman of the band Change. It is the mighty, mighty, posy, positive Christopher Chris. And his opponent, fighting out of the core corner, from parts unknown, weight unknown. Reason he didn't pick minor threat in the straight edge Super 7, unknown. It is the reigning, defending, undisputed 185 miles south trivia champion of the world, Daniel. These questions are too easy. Sant! All right, and the first question goes to Posy Chris. All right, Chris, Andy Diehard sang in this band between Diehard Youth and Ill Communication which is also a famous U2 hit song. Before you said the famous U2 song, I was going to say, is it Sunday, Bloody Sunday? Uh, with or without you? A point to Posse Chris. All right. Kicking it off right. And Dan, we go to you. Dan, if you're in Washington, D.C., and you're talking shit on Striking Distance and Bar Fight, you might end up with what Coxbarer song? <laughs> If you're talking shit on bar fight and uh, what the question? I I don't know if the question makes sense to me. Um, if you're in Washington D.C. yeah, and you're talking shit on striking distance and bar fight and redheaded. Frontman, you might end up with what Cox Bar song? Okay. It, <laughs> <laughs> Am I overthinking this? I must be, right? Possibly. You might also be thinking early. You might be thinking too early on the Cox Bar uh, catalog. Oh, you're probably screwing me with something like 90s Cox Bar. Yeah, but this uh, song's a hit. This song's a hit. Well, I was going to say that we were like if you were um if you were talking about <laughs> striking distance, you got to do the song What's it like to be old? <laughs> wow, dude. Dave Berg is going to mush you. All right, we He's go to Quasi Chris me. for the possible steal. Chris, if you're in Washington DC and you're talking shit on striking distance and bar fight, you might end up with what Coxbar song? Dude, I'm trying to draw a total blank on the names of like literally every Coxbar song. I know it's not C and Red. <laughs> uh, the answer is Bird Trouble. 
Oh, God. You might end up with some bird trouble. Like, Dan's I mean, going for that old joke. Yeah, yeah for real. But do you, do you think if I had answered argy-bargy, it would have been accepted? I don't know, Dan. No. We'll, we'll have to save that for uh, another time. Okay, we go back to pause Chris for his question number two. Chris, what was the name of the Misfits fan club? Jeez. I don't even. Is that uh, the Dan? Club? You scoff, but you're making fun of Posse Chris, who might brain fart this one. Oh, I'm not making fun of him. I'm just the bird trouble to this. <laughs> is it the Fiend Fiend Club? A point to Posse Chris. Oh. Daniel can take his mocking and shove it. All right, <laughs> <Much> Dan. <laughs> Dan, your question number two. Uniform Choice had multiple people who had this three-letter name. Pat. A point to the champ. Back in the game. All right, we go to Chris for his question number three. Chris, the Earth Crisis Firestorm 7-inch was released in what year? Uh, 1992. We go to Dan for the possible steal. Dan, the Earth Crisis Firestorm 7-inch was released in what year? 1993. So close, Chris. So the close. Cowboys were strong. <laughs> That's right. Okay, here we go to Dan for your question number three. Dan, which came first? Unbroken Life Love Regret or Stuffed Crust Pizza at Pizza Hut? <laughs> it's got to be Life Love Regret. A point to the champ. Life Love Regret comes out in 1994. Stuff crust pizza, pizza hut, nineteen ninety five. Okay, Chris, let me go to you for yours. Which came first, the restraining order LP, uh, titled "This World Is Too Much," or nacho fries at Taco Bell? <laughs> uh, let's say nacho fries. A point to Chris. Nacho fries come out in the year. 2018 and restraining order puts out one of the best LPs in the year 2019. Okay. We go to Dan question number four, Dan, what is equal vision records? Number one. EVR number one. Is that shelter? We are going to give it to you regardless of if you can title the seven inch. It is the shelter. No compromise seven inch. Yeah. All right, and we go to Chris for his number five. Shout Chris, beads. this is the title of a Killing Time song and also a notable New York band who did records on Reaper and Bridge Nine. Man, uh... Backtrack. Ah. A point to Chris, and that was me typing, not Chris cheating. (laughs) I had that in my backtrack pocket. Dan was ready for the steal, but we go to him for his question number five. Dan, what year were the two minor threat seven inches re-released on LP format? Oh, that... It's fairly early, isn't it? Like, um... Don't be digging for clues from uh, me. And Ben's not here. He ain't helping you either. Well, he never helps me. He usually <laughs> just laughs. He helps me very much. Shout out, Bedge. Yes. 1986. 
we go to Chris for the possible steal. Chris, what year were the two Minor Threat 7-inches re-released on LP format? Mm, I want to say early, but I I feel like it's a trick question. I'm going to go later. I'm going to say 87. Correct answer, 1983. Very early. Oh, wow. The CD comes out in the late 80s. Okay. Nothing in that round. Chris, we go to you for round number six. True or false, the bold LP Speak Out on Revelation Records was not released on color vinyl until over 10 years after its original release. Oh, man, now you're really in my lane. Bold trivia. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Uh, true. Point to Posse Chris. It was not out on color vinyl, although it did have beautiful gatefold. Yeah, they four, they four, they f- didn't get the colored vinyl, but they did get the GF. That's right. You can't get it all back then. Yeah, they you know, they're trying to they sell an LP their, for seven bucks or some they shit. Put right? all their funds on the gatefold. They couldn't get the color vinyl. That's right. They couldn't get that extra ten cents for the color vinyl. Okay, Dan. Question number six: The punk subgenre UK eighty two is taken from what of Excuse me, taken from one of this band's songs. Oh my god, I just was instantly going to say something, and now I'm like second-guessing myself. Oh my god. Now, 185 listeners, let's remember that once upon a time, Dan gave us a starter kit on UK82. I definitely did. And I feel like he mentioned this on the starter kit too. I believe so too. Cause I think that's where I learned it. <laughs> yeah. And I believe I, um, gave a really good one too. Like I, <laughs> I think it was good, but I'm, I am going to be so mad at myself, but I'm going to say exploited. He's the champ for a reason. People, the champ don't miss. It is exploited, and let me total this up. Do you know the how subtotals. hard it is? Sorry, you know how hard it is when you're on the spotlight. You you completely something that's just instant knowledge. You second guess it and almost talk yourself out of it. You know, dude, I'm on this side of the mic for a reason. <laughs> I cannot imagine, and uh, I respect you all for stepping out of the plate. Okay, let's do this. The subtotals are. Now Zach's got to do math because Ben ain't here. That's yeah. right. But it looks simple. Dan has five points. The champ has five. And the challenger, Posse Chris, he's got five as well. We're tied going in to the daily double round. The double round. What? What? Okay. Chris, how many points would you like to wager on this round? Oh, man. Uh, how many points do I want to throw away? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll do four. Chris is going four. Okay, and Dan, how many points do you want to wager? I, I usually say, let's just go for it, go for the glory, <laughs> but like, I know I'm not going to get it, and so like, it'd be nice to at least just have one point to like hold on to and keep me warm at night. Yeah, I respect the strategy, man. That's what it's all about. Um, Dan, how many points do you want to wager? I will also match the courageous Chris with a four-point bet. All right. We're doing four points each. Okay. And let's see here. 
We are going to... Sorry, Bedge isn't here, so I'm a little slower. You we are going to Chris for his, though, right? which is number 19, and it's right here. Pause it, Chris. You got to tell us these 25 to life lyrics. Here we go. Uh, I assume I get more. more of course. Lessons. Here we go again. Three times in a row. I feel like we've had this one before. Possibly. I don't think so, though. I, I've, I've done a pretty good job with marking them off. All right. Give me one more time. You got it. I don't know. Uh, perpetrator, strength against the strength. So close. So close. Perpetrator, so quick to use the name. Everybody sing along. All right. Posse Chris is down. We have two. had that one before. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I once you said it in like real words, real English, I remember that one. <laughs> so even when people have given, been given the answer, they still can't say the 25 to life lyric. If you but give Dan, me six, here foot, you go. six foot two, what you're going to do, I'll get that one. That's right. That's right. Okay. Dan, here we go. Got an easy one for you. The production on this song is so bad, you can't even hear him over the music. I hear it perfect. <laughs> because it's still <laughs> into your brain. <laughs> Um, all right, give it to me three times in a row. You got it. Something like one thing has gone to the distance, but we've been done right. That's what I'm hearing. Not even close. <laughs> we all have it in us to forgive. Until the cycle's broken, we must tolerate. Everybody sing along. <laughs> you know what? I heard it True. after you sort of heard it. after. He barely says broken. That's where it's confusing. Yeah, but you but can hear everything otherwise. Here we go. One more time. Everybody sing along. I think he just doesn't say broken. He says, we all have it in us to forgive until the cycles we must tolerate. Anyway, this is way too long to be spending on 25 to life lyrics. We are tied at one point because no one has ever gotten a 25 to life lyric correct, except for right. Dan on an episode that I forgot to hit record. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is lost. Well, story. And I was also one word off once. That's true. And the one time you got it right was keeping it real to fuck with Don. Yeah, so well, barely know. counts. Anyway, keeping it real. Then. <laughs> that's right. So we're tiebreaker, guys. We're gonna go back and forth. Let me alphabetize these real quick. Jesus. And what you got to think about is we are going back and forth. This is songs off of Seven Seconds the Crew. And this is this is the stuff that I dread because I don't even remember the names of my own band songs, dude. <laughs> I feel you. If it go, if you go out early, there's no, no hate from my side. It's Dan who does that British scoffing that is uh, very disrespectful. 
<laughs> so anyway, Dan, let's go to you first. Or well, Chris, we should say, you're the challenger. You want to go first? You want to go second? Let's give it to Dan. All right, Dan. Take a song off. Seven seconds to crew. We go back and forth until someone is stumped or someone repeats. Young Till I Die. Yep, there it is. You go to Chris. Red and black. And there it is. We go back to Dan. Um, here's your warning. First song off the record, and we go back to Chris. That was the one that I was queuing up in my... This is this is also hard, too, because, like, this and uh, Walk Together, Rock Together are so, like, interchangeable for me. So, like, I can for never you. remember which is on which. Dude, I feel um, you. You know, before we aired, I told Dan, don't don't set it up to tie Chris, because I got no tiebreaker. So this is the last <laughs> minute thing. Uh, trust? Yep. Oh, last no. song on the record. Back to Dan. Clench Fist, Black Eyes. Oh, yeah. Classic song. Back to Chris. Colorblind? It is there. Colorblind, one word. Back to Dan. Uh, uh, Definite choice. Dan, with an answer that he Googled. And back to Chris. Oh, please. (laughs) I couldn't ninja sneak away and go get my record. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What have we done so far? Are we allowed to ask that or is that? I don't think you're allowed to ask that because if you repeat, you lose. Okay. Um... We have a song that uh, Good Clean Fun covered. We have a pre-integrity band. Jeez, this, uh, these are... Uh... Oh, you just gave me that pre-integrity one. I don't know. I, I, don't, I give up. Dan, no. still the champ. You, what was the pre-integrity you would have gone with, Dan? Die Hard. There it is. Uh... And the last name of someone who's lurking will bring it in. Congratulations, Andy Dan. Die still the champ. You know what I would have also said? We didn't say The Crew yet, did we? Which was the title track. That is correct. Plus, <laughs> Dan's favorite band, Good Clean Fun, covers Not Just Boys Fun. Way to go, dude. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are talking hardcore. Helping out. You know him. You love him. He is the best dressed man on the pod. He is Daniel Sant. What's up, Dan? Most of the time, you are happy. You're a weirdo. Also helping out. Six foot two. What you gonna do? It is the mighty, mighty Posse Chris. What's up, Chris? Perpetrator. So quick to lay the blame. <laughs> and the nicest man in hardcore. It is Andy Diehard. What's up, Andy? Yo, yo. What's happening? Yo, yo. Okay, let's jump right into it. I want to start off by talking some newer-ish music and... Shout out Mike Cheese. We're jumping right into the new Gehenna LP, Negative Hardcore. And Dan, correct me if I'm wrong. Side A is like recent material. Side B was recorded, or excuse me, written like in what, 2014, 2012, 2014, and just recorded now. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe that's what Mike informed us. But Jesus Christ. Side A and Side B, excellente. Dude, Side A is just straight ass beaters you know what i mean 
but I think side B is where it gets spectacular. Let me jump in a little bit. Gehenna does such a good job on this of like mixing black metal and death metal, but like using hardcore sensibilities. And there is a bit of Slayer in there. I'm not going to say there's too much thrash, but there is a little bit of like solo Slayer, you know? Um, What makes them great though, is they use a lot of like the dynamics of death metal and thrash metal in like this black metal stuff. Cause like so much of black metal is just spooky goblin. Like I'm, I'm a spooky guy, you know? And he doesn't sound like that. And also like this sounds hard. The recording is big. It's not overproduced, so it's still got a little bit of that black metal cred. Like it sounds a tiny bit lo-fi, but it also sounds like big and nice and feels good to listen to, you know? Um, the drummer also, like he busts like every beat possible. You know, there's a scissor beat on this, there's blast beats on this, there's straight double time, there's slow parts, there's youth crew toms. And also like almost every song on this LP like has a big moment, you know? Like even if it's just a straight ass beater song, there's going to be like a part where there's like a a drum break where the drummer's going to do like a bunch of kind of simple fills in a row that like really work, or there's going to be like some sort of change. I'll jump into the songs in a minute, but Dan, what's your take on this and how does it stack up uh, against that Gehanna demo that you love so much? I mean, just cause of the, the way that that demo like just hit me at the time and has stayed with me forever. The demo will always be King, but this is uh this is definitely um, the Prince of Wales of the uh, <laughs> of the Gehenna. It's like next in line. Like it is so good, and it is so um, amazing to have you know been a little bit. I won't say on hiatus, or because I don't know the true story of what they've been doing, but to percolate and come up with this, you know give it to us in 2022 is just so rad. Um, you really nailed it on, on the where, like where their sound lies in, in those genres, because when, when music starts getting extremely metallic, it's very hard for me to know within the metallic genres where lots of things are lying. Like I will say something, Oh, this reminds me of being this. And then, people who are steeped in metal are like, no, 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 it's not like that. It's like this. I'm like, oh, okay. Because to me, it's all hardcore, you know? And Gehenna is hardcore, negative hardcore even. Um, Some of my favorite songs on it, I mean, I love that guitar lick on Where the Worms Do Not Die, that um, it it stands above the rest of the song doing the wah, wah, like kind of thing. It's super good. What's in it for me? So good. Empty Wasted World. Loved it. I, I just really love Gehenna because somebody that is steeped in this kind of hardcore and leaning into a lot of metal and, and having deep metal uh, record collections and being able to reference this, lots of bands go down this road and then get lost to that. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Gehenna is a hardcore band first, even if it's extremely metallic sounding, it is um, dyed in the wool. Like like you said, the drums lead you to that belief a lot. The way the songs are structured, the way Mike's doing vocals on certain parts, like it, it it's all extremely heavy and deep and 
and dark, very dark. But at the same time, there is that pulse running through it all the way that makes it ours. You know, it's well, yeah, and more than anything, it's the brevity of the songs, right? It's like you're you're mashing up like death metal, black metal into like, and and actually, you're following like how those songs are, like the parts, but it's the brevity of hardcore, right? Like they're they're summing this up in a minute and a half, right? Yeah. So yeah, or two minutes twenty, you know, like where it's not four minutes. 53 seconds you know um, absolutely side a just straight ass beater gotta say like the third track return to similar times that mid-tempo banger right in yeah. dan's alley and then it drops into those like crazy yolo blast beats like dude that song is yolo as fuck but like side b i think is where this lp like really excels again if you're just looking for ass beater music that first side is something special what Beside two, it like, I don't know, it diverges a little more, I guess, but like still staying like right in the lane. Like, I think the best song on the record is that the first one on side B, the no war, no peace. Um, Cause like on that breakdown part, like when the guitarist is doing like the palm muted down picking, it almost sounds like off time. And it's wild because this guitarist is a shredder. Like, I don't know if it's like sloppy on purpose or what, but it like, it's just a little off time in it, but it gives me like, like a psychedelic effect. Like, you know, I've had one too many drinks. I'm in a giant push pit. You know, I just, I love listening to that part on headphones. I've listened to it so many times. It is just like a wild part. Like what the fuck is going on here? And if it's intentional, like someone needs to, you know, buy that guy a sandwich or something. Cause it's like, it's spectacular, you know? And if it's an accident, then like, fuck it. Happy accident. Accident. Um, second song on that side, like the way they dance, it's called death in disguise. The way they dance in and out of the blast beat, like so seamlessly is like super impressive. Again, it's that YOLO spirit, right? You don't like know you need it, but you do. And they deliver it, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't expect it. You can't write it that way. Cause like you don't have it in you, but they deliver it and it's right. You know? And then ending that song on the youth crew toms, again, we're talking about like that. Yeah you know, these styles, but like using that hardcore sensibility, it's like those youth crew toms where they come out of nowhere. It feels so good. And so, right. That's a Daniel chef kiss right there. Um, the fourth track again, dude, just straight ass beater, very similar to side one, you know, or side a, but Mike's vocals, like when it slows down are super catchy and brutal. It's like all these songs have a big hook, you know? And then the, the album ends on like a big slow song, the same way the side A ends on Empty Wasted World is a solar song. This one ends on Negative Hardcore. I think Negative Hardcore is a better song than uh, Empty Wasted World, which is also a good song. Standout track that Dan said. But Negative Hardcore, dude. It's, it's my just favorite o- song on the record, too. Yeah, yeah it's just oozing confidence, right? And the drummer does like super simple feel, fills that just work. Like he's not showing off. Like everything in this song is done for like the creation of a better song. And what it is, is is everyone knowing when to hang back, right? The drummer's not showing off. He's just doing really basic fills that just work for this slow, dirgy song, right? Mike, he's shutting up like in half the song, right? He knows like this song's got to breathe, right? And then those artificial harmonics that the drummer's doing, or excuse me, the guitarist is doing are just ill as fuck. Um, this one just works. It's a perfect final song. And 
that's what we say, right? Like what makes a good hardcore, like what makes a good hardcore band? What makes a great hardcore band? A great hardcore band has got to pull off that great slow song, you know, and, and they got it right here. This LP rules. I absolutely love it. Chris, what's your take on this? I was hyped to dig into this and to talk it with y'all. Um, this is a band that was always notorious for their intensity live. Like even as far up as up the coast of Seattle, you know, like they, they had that, that talk about, Oh, this band get another crazy live. Uh, I never got to see them, unfortunately. And I'll, I always wish that I could have. Um, so psych to chat this a little bit with y'all. Um, sonically, this is a bulldozer. It's, it's pummeling. I think I, I use that word when we talk about the flex, but, um, this is, this is pummeling in a different way. It's just, it's relentless. It just like keeps coming after you. Like I said, like a bulldozer, just like running you over. Um, but one thing that I really appreciate about it and, and Zach touched on this a little bit when he talked about the drummer and all the different uh, styles he's hitting is, is the stylistic and the structural diversity of this record is, is super, um, I guess it's super important for like the style. I think, you know, when you, when you, when you talk about bands that are pummeling or describe a, a band as pummeling, it can sometimes be tedious to get through like a full LP. Cause it's just a lot of, you know, getting your ass kicked. But I think with this record, there's enough diversity in the strong structure and like the different pieces that make it like such an interesting list and that doesn't drag. Um, and like Zach said, I think another thing that helps is like the songs are so short and sweet and to the point, like they don't beat around the bush. There's like, you know, here's, here's what it is. Here's how we're going to beat your ass next song <laughs> repeat. Um, but in a different way, uh, I also, my also, also my favorite track on this is definitely uh negative hardcore, which is the closing track. I love the tempo. I think there's, there's stuff on here that's slower. Uh, but I think this, uh, this song is just, the tempo is so mean. It just sounds like mean was the, the best word that I could find to describe it and and i also uh i love the pinches over the palm muted chug parts too hell yeah andy what's your take on this uh actually i I thought i would hate it just from looking at the art and i remember the name from back in the day and i thought it was going to be i'm not a dude that knows about death metal and black metal or how to distinguish the two but uh i think dan has put it or maybe both you guys it just was a great hardcore record remind me a lot of integrity uh you guys pretty much touched on everything I was going to say. My favorite track is that no war, no peace. Like his vocals are just like super evil. <laughs> I mean, that's what it reminds me of just being evil. And then it's got that fast breakdown at the end. Um, you guys already touched on the drumming. I think that that's what really uh, kept me engaged. Cause they didn't, you know, you know, for uh, since Ben's not here, but uh, it didn't just go straight double bass on a bunch of parts. I thought it would, and it went to other, just different beats. Yeah. Some of the, the, the youth crew toms and stuff. And I thought that was awesome. So overall, I thought it was a rad record. And I, now that I know it was kind of written in two different time periods, I can see that. And I, I do like that second, the second half, the B side better. I love at the end of like no war, no peace. When he like slides in, like broke the police. Cause you yeah. know, we're on team firefighter. Shout out Andy diehard. Hey, Zach, if there's one uh, part of my notes that I didn't get to get to, if I may just say something really quick. Absolutely, hit it. Well, one thing I wish is just that the vocals were a touch bit higher. I know it is part of the soundscape of what the band is to, like, deep them in there, but I really, like, Mike is a very thoughtful and 
he always writes great lyrics and I, I want to pick more of them out. I should sit, you know, along with the lyric sheet and listen to it more that way. But there's so many like good lines, like, like you say that, you know, that fucks the police part, but like that part where he's like, you wouldn't last an hour in our lives. That such a fucking hard line, like, and true, like, you know, lots of people have gone through some hard shit in this band and, I, I really love that statement. And I, I love, I can't wait to dig more in with the lyric sheet out while listening to this because I've always liked uh, Mike's take on planet Earth being a fucking wasteland of dog shit, you know? So I'm hoping to get a lot more out of it uh, as I listen to it more. Oh, yeah. Everyone order the LP so you can get that lyric sheet. Iron Lung Records, Handle Business, Gehenna, Negative Hardcore. All right, moving on. One of Chris's favorites. We are talking Denial of Life. The LP <laughs> is called No Reason. It is on Spotify. I could not find a physical version on Discogs or any sort of pre-order information. So maybe it's existing right now as a digital LP, which is a goddamn shame because this LP is like low-key professional as fuck. Like whoever, I don't know if they got like a, a really great engineer or if like whoever's the songwriter in this band is just like a studio genius, but they do so many like studio tweaks on this record that don't make it sound like, I don't know. It's like they're doing it. They're doing all these tricks, but they make the songs better. It doesn't sound like, Oh, they're playing with a bunch of toys for the first time. Like it sounds like really experienced like ideas that they're doing in the studio. So I don't know if that was the engineer or if one of the songwriters just came in and was like, yo, I want to hit like the, echoes on this part and i want to hit like you know like this these weird little uh tricks like vocal and guitar effect tricks um it's pretty wild but chris what was your take on this lp and did it deliver uh coming off the previous material yeah definitely i think so we talked uh the seven inch on on a previous episode and i think um we all liked it but one of the not criticisms because that that's putting it heavy, but like one of the things we wish was uh, that the vocals would be up front a little bit more. And I think, um, I think this LP like certainly delivers on that. Like, it's the first thing I noticed, like her vocals sound awesome on it. They're very present. They're very crisp. Um, so yeah, I think this sounds awesome and I'm really hyped on how it turns out. Um, like a this is a band that, I feel excels when they're writing around like an unreal riff and just taking that riff on a journey. Uh, the song antifreeze is, is a perfect example of that. It's my favorite track on this. Um, I think, you know, if you listen to that track and then you listen to like the latest take offense LP that came out a couple years ago, like it, it certainly could fit in there. It's got a little bit of, uh, um, a little bit of Van Halen in there. Um, but it's sick. Uh, Cold Steel is an intro, but it's it's kind of interesting, and I wish they would have m- made this into an actual like complete song because I I would just be curious to hear like where it goes and how Bren's vocals add to it. It's got kind of like a Black Album Metallica vibe, um, yeah. But this record is 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 ripping. It's uh, I love it. It sounds awesome. You know, if you like bands like Take Offense or maybe like the first Bla- Black Breath EP. Um, you know, maybe some early Slayer thrown in there. Definitely check it out. Tacoma Hardcore. Yeah, I think that that Cold Steel, like it almost works as an intro into Antifreeze, which is like, it's not my favorite song on the record, but it is a standout track. Like that sounds like a straight up radio hit. 
like not in a cheesy way, like, oh my God, this is like a hit. Like it sounds like they should be like yeah. playing with like like you said, Van Halen or Skid Row or some shit. Like <laughs> like you know what yeah, I mean? I'll like they can that. roll out that song and people will be like, What the fuck? Yeah. I'll have that riff like stuck in my head, like, you know, a, a week from even listening to it. Just such a sick riff. Yeah, I mean that guitar hook is like it's it's a great part because like it's like half guitar lick and also just half feeling right it's like giving you a feeling it's it's wild and chris i appreciate that you brought up the vocals because yeah the vocals on this recording they are very present they're present and there is like a confidence in them and while they use like lots of effects on this record i love that the vocals are there and out front and and she's not hiding behind any like effects at all like it's there you know and and yeah to describe this because chris is kind of dancing around like early 80s thrash on this it is like that it's that big thrash riffage of when like i don't know they're just doing gnarly riffs and either be like breakdown tempo or fast tempo but like all like downstroked it's it's really good and then also there's like a fair amount of like 80s sunset strip sleaze in here too so like if you listen to like that song disassociate like that's a sleazy ass riff you know but the majority of the record, like, you know, outside of, of like that disassociate and like, you know, the antifreeze, like this thing just bangs, right? Shadow self is a rager downfall, full on banger. Like this is a great record. My only thing, if I had to give some sort of criticism and this is not, is just the records for, for me, since this isn't my like favorite, favorite style of music, it's a little long, but I think also like, you know, I'm thinking through the hardcore lens, right? I'm thinking through that Gehenna lens where I'm like appreciating the brevity of something. But I think that this is like kind of a impressive heavy metal record, you know, where it could cross over very easily. And like heavy metal fans, like you got to give them a big ass chunk of music, right? For them to feel like their money's well spent. And like, here it is. This is a lot of songs. None of them suck. And like, this is just a straight up impressive record. So, you know, while I think it might be, a tad long. Like I think that that's actually a compliment in another world that this LP could succeed in. Dan, what's your take on this? Yeah, it's definitely too long, but that's, um, you know, just my opinion, man. Um, I think it's too long. So here's, here's how I dug into this. I completely forgot that we'd done the scheming to suffer seven inch earlier. And, you know, I was approaching this, you know, just as a brand new thing. And I started listening to it. And I, in my head, I'm like, or not even in my head, I'm like driving to work, listening to it, going, man, I'm getting fucking sick of this genre. You know, like the kind of crossover hardcore. And I'm just like, I'm getting, this is just boring to me. And then I listened to it again on the drive home from work. I'm like, I really like this. <laughs> You know, and I started listening to it more and then I listened to it on the drive to work the next day. And I was like, okay, antifreeze. And then, you know, everyone's favorite song about Brandon uh, joining Dr. No, Crucified. Um, <laughs> Dude, that is that's so <laughs> fucking funny. Um, and um, Cold Steel, antifreeze, Crucified. Um, all of these are starting to think. And then the re-recording of that scheming to suffer came out so good. Um, but yeah, it is a touch long. Like 
I feel if you want to deliver the hardest output, leave us wanting a bit more. But other than that, this is, like you say, you've nailed, both of you nailed what makes it so good recording-wise, the vocals being out front, the, you know, the clever production. Like, there's things in this production where it's like, you know that instrument where it's wood and you've got the stick and you go down it there's that's in there somewhere it's like into yeah. a like riff like well, there's all no, kinds of shit right and it's placed in the right spot that's my point of like they knew what tricks to pull out because it wasn't just like oh there's a wood stick in the corner you know what i mean like let's fuck with that like it it sounds like it's placed in the spot where it sounds super nice right it's not just like oh we went to a big studio for the first time let's play with all the toys like everything all the tricks that they do sound totally intentional and they work. It's, it's pretty wild. Oh, yeah. And that just leads into such a fucking sick riff. Um, yeah, I really dig it. I I'm, I think this is going to get over really well with lots of people, especially that love this, you know, Akulu take offense, uh, dead heat style. Like this is right down the fucking pipe for them, you know, um, and not for us, <laughs> for everyone who likes it. But for, like I said, at first I was like, this is this style starting to get a little old for me. But then they did so many unique things and had such um, clever songwriting that it stands out from the pack. Yeah, I like the Smile Now, Cry Later art too. Um, it's sick. I, this needs to get a physical release. Someone step up to the plate. Andy, what's your take on this? Uh, without going over too much of what you guys said, I, I really do like all the little tricks you guys are talking about, the vocals too. I, I like the vocals with the her little, the little grunts and the accents just here and there throughout there. They're like not overdoing it and just perfectly placed. Uh, I do like that. They, I feel like the, listening to it, even though the songs are longer than I normally like, they didn't feel longer. And, and it feels like they wrote an LP with the different – it takes me on a journey. Like it's not just a bunch of songs that sound the same that are just a little bit different. There's actually like a lot of a uh, variety, that middle block of uh, what is it? Antifreeze bloodstains and the crucified, how it goes from those three in the middle. there, really like to me, like almost that's the most, the best part of the whole record to me. We're just kind of, it's been kind of, um, you're almost getting tired of what they're doing and then they change it up and they take you on a little thing, a little, little, uh, change up a little journey and then uh then they're back at it and they end strong so great record uh definitely yeah this band's awesome i remember chris recommended a while back and it's rad i think that's a great take like the middle of the record is like where the meat is it's pretty pretty sick because yeah they come in banging but like that that meat in the middle you know broken up a little bit by that cold steel intro and then like you're into the hit that's pretty wild also yeah. shout out to uh whoever's doing that that eye against eye the ooze Yes. Yeah, all that you know, stuff. That's, yeah. that's sick. And it's done like multiple times and they all work. <laughs> it's yep. pretty ill. All right. Everyone check that out. Denial of Life, uh, No Reason LP. And remember, there is a playlist for every episode. Go to 185milesouth.com. Click that playlist link at the top of the page and check out the music that we were talking about because that is what it's all about. Also, I think you can look up 185 Miles South on Spotify and find the playlist that way too. If you don't want to go to the website. All right, let's move on. Um, we are talking Los Angeles band called Pull Your Card. 
The Seeing Red EP came out January of 2022. Again, I think right now this is just digital. Um, and yeah, it came out early this year. I wanted to talk about it. I think this thing is awesome for a lot of reasons. First of all, the recording is absolutely amazing. The drumming is amazing. And we love brevity on this pod, right? And for this style of music to just do four songs, have them be all ass beaters, have the production be like, I mean, for someone to get like, you know, you're doing a, a EP like this going to live in the digital world and to have a recording this good and like songs this good. It's like, that's where the game is in 2022, right? You can't fuck around. And it's kind of wild because like, you know, people send me stuff and I don't mean to be a dick, but like there's so much music now and so much stuff to get through. It's like, if you got like a wonky recording, if you got like, you know, just some, some bullshit going on, like ain't nobody got time for that anymore. Right? Like the game is here, right? You got to come out with like, Stuff that sounds this good. You know, people are dropping demos that are sounding like, you know, LPs of yesteryear, you know, and hey, what's up, Muldoon? This band is just awesome. Like, it's like a kind of a mashup of like, I know Joe Harker hates people using this phrase, but I don't know what else to use, but like modern beatdown kind of, but it's also mixed up with like Shababa like type, like just slower, bang your head slow heavy music that you just want to like nod to. It feels good to nod to because they hit like slower dirgy rhythms that don't like sound boring. I don't know. I just love it. And like, I love that, that 808 drop on the Los Angeles, the intro song. So YOLO like this. Someone went there, right? Like, you know, that's like, <laughs> it's just, they went there, you know, it's so ill. It's funny. Cause the first time I heard it, I had this really shitty phone and someone I was talking to about, it, I was like, Yo, this piece is like the most YOLO thing ever. You know what I mean? Because they do an explosion. They dropped an explosion on the intro because like that's what it sounded like on my phone. And they're like, oh, I think that's an 808. I was like, no, dude, it's an explosion. It's sick. You know? But now I listen on my headphones and it's like, oh, it's 808. Like, so I apologize to whoever I was uh, talking to. You were right. I was wrong. It's an 808, not an explosion. But either way, it's ill. It just came out great. Dan, what's your take on this? Okay, so what I was going to ask you is, you've said in the past there's a there's a genre of death metal that is centered around the marsh called slam metal. Is that yes, right? That's correct. Is this like the beatdown X slam metal? Do you think? <laughs> that's that's funny. You know, I don't know anything about slam metal except that like someone mentioned it one time, and I googled best slam bands. And then, like, you pull up these videos, and it's very – you're right. It's, like, very similar to Beatdown. It's, like, they're playing these rooms to, like, 30 people. You know what I mean? But, yeah. I like, when I listen to them on Spotify or whatever, I'm like, dude, this is everything I like. <laughs> you know, like, I really liked it all. I just couldn't remember any of it, Um, which is very similar to Beatdown, right? It's, like, dude, I asked people that are, like – knowledgeable of the genre like can you give me the history of beatdown like what are like the like what's the family tree of this right we all know it starts with bulldoze you know but like where does it go from there and like i don't know there's no like clearly defined family tree so if anyone knows like the like the lineage of beatdown like starting with like the bulldoze demo and getting to where we are now please reach out to me and hit me to it because like i really do want to know this and i'd love for you to do a starter kit but Dan, that is a nice idea. Yeah, kind of. 
but I, I really do think it's like a mix of of knowing how to use that like shibala like type death metal mixed with Absolutely. like that sound it 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 sounds sounds mean and evil <laughs> you know which shibala does too <laughs> always um and um and especially as they've progressed as a band shibala like just getting more and more creative and more and more just brutal sounding. And this is brutal. Um, this is not like, I, I like a lot of beat down from time to time, you know, like I like mixing it into my thing. But when this came on the very first, I was like, this is so aggressive, like so of what it is. Do you know what I mean? That it was like beating you over the head with it. Like there's no letting up. This is like music for people to die to, you know, right? a lot of it is like real on the nose, right? Like think about the second song, hell for you. Like they're definitely calling someone a pussy motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like they're going there and they're saying, if I were you, I'd kill myself. You know, like, (laughs) I mean, they went there, right? I think it works with this, but like, (laughs) it's definitely for, you know, you got to be in for that, right? And then, like, that mosh part at the end with, like, the harmonics, like, I mean, shit, that they bring it. You know what I mean? They back up those words with, like, that mosh part. Jesus. The drummer is extremely talented in this band, too. Yes. Uh, we just went from one band that has an extremely talented drummer in when we were reviewing it into another. The drums are what keep this um, really vibrant and really – uh, varied and also really on the nose when it comes to the actual beat down mosh parts too. Like it, it's so dialed in on uh, the the quality of the drumming. Um, I, I think this is like, if this is your thing, like if you like really hard, hardcore that it sounds purely antisocial like this is the kind of thing like if you're sat at your i don't know like your cubicle and you put this on and your coworker goes what are you listening to i feel i'm scared that you're probably listening to pull your card um that this is very aggressive very hard it's very good at what it's doing is it exactly right up my alley maybe not but i can appreciate it for what it is and if i I'm on the 580 crossing the bridge and I've, I'm extremely road raging. Yeah, I'll put on pull your card and I will uh, maybe chase someone off the bridge. <laughs> but yeah, it, that's, I, can only, I can only say it is just mean. Yeah, it's good that you called out the drumming because it's great, especially on the fourth track, the Your God. Like, I don't even know how I'd describe that beat. Like when it kind of hits like to a... It's not like a hip hop beat, but like it's kind of a off kilter, like mid tempo-y type beat. It's like almost like up rocking. You know, know, when you think of like up rocking break dancing, it's almost got that vibe. It to is. It. Yeah, it's like because he's doing like an off time hi hat thing. Yeah. And yeah, it's like the drumming's great. Also, like I don't know if the drummer's coming with that parts or if it's like the songwriter like dictating those parts, but Again, it's just there's good songwriting in here, which makes it stand out from the pack of like a lot of bands doing the style. Plus, the production is just great. And for this kind of band, you got to have that on point production. Chris, any songs here going to make the Crush All Weights playlist? 
Ooh, that's a good question. I'm going to have to uh, revisit with that lens. Uh, I will say, let me back up a little bit. I, I have a friend that for all intents and purposes should love No Warning. But when Ill Blood came out, I pointed him to it and I was, you know, expecting him to come back and be like, yo, this band is amazing. But his response was basically that little guy. Like he just couldn't get past the fact that, you know, this big hard sound was fronted by, you know, this tiny little dude in it. And like in, in my friend's head, that fact kind of discredited the sound. I bring that up because. I think if you saw the dudes in Poyer card setting up uh, before they go on to play, he'd be like, yup, <laughs> these dudes are huge dudes playing huge dude music. Um, <laughs> this is, this is really well done. Um, mosh music. It's a bit more like Daniel said, it's a bit more on the metal end than I typically will go to um, with a lot of double bass and just, uh, you know, the, the more growled vocals, the recording is great though. And, and like, if you like that style of, like mosh music, this is going to be one of your f- new favorite bands. Um, but I, I think the thing, the thing that, like I said, I don't listen to a ton of stuff that goes, it's just like a little bit too far into the metal lane for me. But like the thing that I keep going back to that it reminds me of is, is a uh, hundred demons in the eyes of the Lord. Um, and so that was the thing that I was most familiar with that uh, kind of resonated with me with them. Um, but yeah, this is really well done. Like this sounds awesome. It's like Dan said, it's mean, it's hard and heavy. Um, and then I just want to add, I saw them a couple months ago and like, you know, they played and then, you know, broke down their instruments and were like moshing for the rest of the band. So like, that's, that's what's up. That's sick. respect. Respect. Also on their band camp, it says, um, for fans of stomping out bitch ass motherfuckers. <laughs> awesome i mean that mashed up with that hunter demons call out i'm with it that's one of my favorite lps ever and that's a good take chris i didn't even think about that but yeah if like you know if if we're saying that like mad balls the 90s version of like 80s agnostic front like maybe this is the 2022 version of the 2000 hunter demons like maybe that makes sense like i think that's a good call out um, Andy, what's your take on this? Uh, yeah, not really my my lane. Uh, definitely heavy. Vocals were a little too gnarly for me, but I think if I had the lyrics, maybe I could read the lyrics and maybe I'd get behind them. I don't know, or at least be entertained and and, and could kind of. I would have a different take on it. Um, I did like that one song, the uh, Hell for You. He's got like that, that talky part, and like a crowd cheers, and then just like that breakdown comes in. Um, yeah, it was cool. I, I did. I did. Uh, we played Chain Reaction like a week ago and uh, whatever, and met the drummer of this band, and he was super rad. He was going off for all the bands, big, big, scary dude, like Chris said, but a uh, super rad dude. Just like hung out and talked to him for about twenty minutes outside. So definitely cool dudes, uh, which makes me want to like their band and and check out anything else they do. So um, I'll be doing checking out anything else they put out. Yeah, and also like how we talked to Nile Life, like them doing studio tricks that really work. There's some like smart stuff on here too, right? Like on blind action, like they're doing the feedback over a blast beat with like a sample that like is timed out perfectly. So like right when the sample is done, it kicks in with like fast singing on the verse. Yeah. Um or a fast part with singing on the verse. Like it just really works. This is creative and great and 
they got a big recording for an EP. Like this rules. If you like that style, check it out. Uh, once again, it is pull your card, see in red EP and uh, it's on Spotify also on our playlist. Okay. Let's jump into defective chain. Uh, it is a demo from 2022. Dan, can you tell me about this band? Uh, from Sacramento, really uh, awesome uh, demo that garnered a lot of around this area, like in the Bay, like people were like, oh shit, check this demo out. Like I had like five or six different people tell me to like uh, check this. So that's awesome. I haven't seen them yet. The artwork is awesome. It's like a winged demon, like boot boy stomping all over a burned out cop car, (laughs) which rules. Um, What I love about this, actually, I'm sorry, you were asking just what I knew about the band. No, jump in, man. Go ahead. I really like that this is hard hardcore with a very nyhc um vein running through it even if it isn't pure nyhc stuff you know there's there's a lot of like what's going on in today in the amalgam of all of these influences coming together but the lyrics are very smart on this but very aggressive the the it's just five songs and i love them all you know, I really um, have dove into this. I love the way the vocals are extremely aggressive, but very audible and um, a little bit out front, which is great. They're not buried. Um, you know, there's definitely some clever um, lyrical fodder of just where we are in the world today and how much the police suck and how much you know um in a post-pandemic world like we're just trying to get by um some of the lyrics express that kind of feeling in this world and I, i i really dug that i think this is uh one of those bands to watch and i can't wait to see them live i really dig this demo and i i'm i'm excited to see what comes next and i want this to get put out on vinyl yeah this is a spectacular demo um like dan said it's like a it's like a pre-crossover new york hardcore but it also is like that meeting uk82 and then meeting yeah like burning spirit like the uh the late 80s early 90s like japanese hardcore they are named after a bastard song i think um defective chain is a bastard song off the seven inch so I think they might be going after that burning spirit stuff a lot. Cause like the song it exists sounds a lot like that style. Also the song evil tricks that solo. Um, and then with the cymbal chokes and the nice major chords, like that's very burning spirit. Uh, I just want to talk the first song briefly. Uh, the song social injustice. It's like, it's so rad. Like the way it comes in. Cause it's like so basic, but so perfect. And that's like the hardest stuff to write. You know, when you hear something that's like so simple, but just works. And then you're like, God, why didn't I think about that? It's like, it was right there in front of me and I couldn't think about that. Right. So they do something. And that's like what I'm talking about with YOLO. And what I'm talking about with great songwriting is like people delivering stuff. Cause you need it. You know what I mean? And like the way this starts 
you know, with like the the symbol Tom build up into like just going with the bass and the caveman fast beat yeah. is so ill. And like when the dude's voice comes in, it's just so mean and perfect. And it, it just reminds me, it doesn't sound exactly like it, but when we were talking the, uh, the slant LP from last year, like the way that first song starts and you're like, God damn, that song is so simple, but just so perfect. Like you wouldn't change a goddamn thing about it. Like, that's how I feel about this first song. It's just so ill. Only thing I'd say is that part at the very end when it goes to the palm muting and does a never trust a pig, it is so catchy. They only hit it once. I actually wish they would have milked it a little bit more. <laughs> so it's like they can write a hook, and it's like when you got that hook, just give me a little more, man. You know what I mean? You know I just want that, it a couple more times. That part's going to be so great live, though. But can you imagine it could have been a pylon part? They just hit it a few more times, but you know, it's a demo. Give me it a few times. If you, if you re-record this on your LP, what's up? (laughs) Uh, Chris, what's your take on this? This is my favorite demo of 2022 so far. Sacramento hardcore. Um, I think you guys mentioned a lot of uh, kind of the regional influences. Like I certainly heard like a little Detroit, a little early Boston, and certainly a lot of, uh, of Japan. Um, like the two bands that I would compare them to is like, if you mashed it up 86 mentality with bastard. Um, my first, it, this, this kind of builds on what Zach was saying about them writing just hooks is like my first impression was when I listened to it, I was like, yeah, this is really cool. But I felt like the song, I wish the songs were a little bit shorter. Um, not that they're super long. I mean, they're like maybe like two minutes each, but like, it, with this style, uh, you know, I like I like brevity, which we've hit on a bunch for like every, basically every style that we've talked about. But I think once I listen to it a couple times, I think there's enough like interesting stuff going on throughout the songs, you know, whether it be like structurally or with like bluesy leads that are like there and you have to listen to them really closely because they're kind of buried a little bit in the mix, um, you know, as well as like they have some really sick bridges and and the vocals like over the bridges are just so sick. Um, yeah, this is, this is great. This demo is badass. Like if you like any of like, just like boot hardcore, you know, (laughs) boot hardcore, like this is fantastic boot hardcore. And, uh, I think, you know, Dan touched on this too, but like the recordings is solid. It's, it's, I would say it's good. It's not amazing. Like there's enough room for them to, to, you know, go in the studio for like the next thing that comes out after this and like, just really get a bang in recording. That sounds amazing. Um, that, that makes that next record just like next level. But that again, that's not even a nitpick. That's kind of like, Yo, this is a demo. It's a great sounding demo. It's my favorite demo of the year. And there's room for them to build on this and to make the EP like even better. Yeah, they got to go record wherever it's slanted the LP. So start saving for those South Korean airline tickets, man. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Anyway, um, yeah, I like that you said that, Chris, because while this does like grab me off the bat, I do think that there's a lot to sink your teeth into here. You know, so it's like it is better on multiple listens, which is kind of amazing, right? Because that first song grabbed me right away. But then, like, there is still just a lot to sing into. Andy, what's your take on this? 
Uh, yeah, that's my my favorite record that we uh, went over. Uh, you guys pretty much hit on all everything. Um, one of my favorite things about them was that all the buildups before their breakdowns of two set parts were awesome. Like just listening to it, sitting on the couch, it was like I could tell first listen, like oh here it comes, like I'm about to you know mosh the dogs into the couch. Um, and I I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. So uh, I know every band does it of this style, but they they did it, and it was like. Each one's different, but each one was awesome. So, um, yeah, they're they're rad. The only thing that was missing was maybe like a Mikey Hood uh, guest vocals if they're from Sacto, but I didn't know anything about this band until just now, so um, or where they're from. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this. It was rad. Hell yeah! All right, everyone, check it out. Defective Chain, the 2022 demo. Check out the playlist. You can link it from there. Find them on Spotify or wherever you listen to music. Um, Dan, let's get into it. Hi Viz, the new LP Bleeding just came out. Um, whenever this podcast airs, blending, it, yeah, it will have just come out. Blending Hi Viz LP is called Blending, and it is on Deus Records. Dan, you got two minutes. Hit it. Well, welcome to the record of the year for me. I love this band because um, I have a a musical taste that is strongly residing in hardcore, but also a lot of Madchester and, you know, kind of Britpop stuff that I've grown up on my whole life loving. But this is a band that has the hardcore vein running through them. So like they're hitting the drums hard. Their last record was a a lot more hardcore. This one's a bit more of a, push into that um a push into the i won't say it's progression because you're never progressing from hardcore you you're like maybe going a little further afield but what they're doing on this is going a little bit more into that it's like some manchester sounds like uh north side or early roses meets stone roses that is meets um stuff like the chameleons but then also still having that strong hardcore backbone because i feel the rhythm section of this band delivers keeps it one foot in hardcore um as well as graham's voice which is very aggressive on this kind of music that a lot of the times the bands that are being referenced here and that are being um, used as influences would have very breathy or psychedelic vocals, but these are very hard punk working class, like, like strong delivery, full of attitude vocals. I think the lyrics on this thing are incredible. Um, Talk for hours. Such a good song about, you know, like, being involved in all those conversations where you're just like, what the fuck is this person talking to me about? Like, I don't even, I don't even like care, you know? And then, um, Oh, one five one, which is about basically the Dockers strikes in Liverpool and, and them being completely rolled over by the fucking conservative government. Like basically, strategically coming up with ways to smash the working man 
especially in the Northwest. Well, actually in all of the North, um, because previously it was done to the minor strike. Um, my favorite song on this whole record though is Trauma Bonds. I think it is a beautiful tribute to losing a friend, but at the same time, like, Recon- reconciling that with yourself and the the recurring aftershocks that happen with grief as someone who's lost friends to suicide and also lost my mum to cancer grief is so strange that like you think you're doing better and then you'll hear a song or you'll smell a scent or you'll you'll hear a word or even just the way something is said or some and then you'll just get this anxiety of like aftershock that is just grief coming back to you and i think this song like really really nails it um i love the sound i love that the guitar um the guitar parts are one is staying very in the pocket and the other one is giving you that that pulling in all that influence that I was talking about and walking all over the song and giving the melody and taking you a bit further and giving you a bit of swagger while you're walking down the street, listening to it. It's, um, I, this is, this is built in a lab for me. I really love this band. Um, and I, I feel they're only going to get more and more people appreciating them and, and loving them with this because it's, not going too far away from what the last record made everyone love them. And, you know, lots of people are only just learning about them still, but, you know, here on 185, we've been singing their praises for quite a while and we've got the other high vis super fan on the pod too. So Posse Chris is going to have many things to say too. Yeah. The last record goes harder, you know, and I don't know if, I don't know. So I think that it can break either way, right? Like this album is spectacular listening to it. Like I don't know the style. Like I don't know what Britpop is. I don't know what shoegaze is. So like I don't know how to describe this stuff because Dan didn't even touch on any of the phrases that I thought he might have. Like he's still leaning like this is punk, but this is not punk anymore. You know, like I don't get like the aggressiveness of the vocals that you're talking about or anything. Although you know, maybe like lyrically he's, he's getting there, but his vocals sound nice. And all these songs sound nice. Like I, I enjoyed this. I listened to it multiple times. The last record just goes harder. Like in, in a way that like their, their style was really spectacular for me, like looking for a little bit more of uptempo, like punk sensibility. That's like where I land. Right. Like I love even like, you know, uptempo late seventies punk, right. That was like kind of radio friendly. You know what I mean? Like if you think about that last 12 inch, like the first half of that is all up tempo, you know what I mean? And then that song voices was like a legit punk rager, you know? And this, there's not that much that's up tempo. Like that track, the third track out cold is up tempo and it is spectacular. I absolutely love it. I mean, that's in my lane and the other stuff I can listen to it and be like, damn, this is good music. You know, it just doesn't like it's, it's not in my lane so much. Um, but great music and, you know, from all accounts, awesome people. I'm rooting for this band to succeed. I can't wait until Noel or the other Gallagher is kissing the ring of this band. So 
Dan, is it is it Noel or was it the other Gallagher that smashes watermelons? Um, <laughs> yes, both. No, the, the the thing about this is like it when it's not Britpop, it's not Britpop at all. It's like referencing Madchester stuff, like stuff that was like north side or even like early in spirals that's just but also the same thing it's doing like the chameleons and and um even the cure to an to an aspect you know all right well dan i don't know any of that stuff outside the cure so you got to make a playlist and we will see zach's take on all that on patreon yes so what's up that's what we got to do right start a kit we will do that we'll do the uh what is that? Manchester Sound Starter Kit. We'll do it on Patreon. Mad. Madchester. Madchester. All right. All right. Yeah. Chris, as a super fan of High Viz, what was your take on this LP? Uh, I think this record is great. We all know this is not a just world. I think in a just world, this is the biggest band in the world. I think they're incredible. I think both their LPs are perfection. Um. I mean, Dan, Dan did a great job covering all the things I think that are um, important to talk about, like who they are and their sound. Um, but I will hit on two things real quick. Trauma Bonds, there's – lyrics on this record are great. Um, I'm excited to get it, like, you know, a, a hard copy of this and be able to sit down with the lyrics, even though you can hear – you know, you make most of them out. It's, there's just a different experience, like looking at the lyrics as, as you're hearing them. Um, so I'm really excited to like get a hard copy and sit down with it. But like, there's a line in Traba Bonds that stands out to me. It says it might just take one reason inside to carry on, or something sharp to cut these trauma bonds, which is such a fantastic line. You know about all the things that Dan said about experiencing grief and loss, and and you know coping with those things. Um, and then the other thing, O one five one. I, Zach, I think you need to listen to that song some more because that's the har- this is the hardest song they've ever written. Like, this is a straight up working class fight song, and and not just the lyrics, which certainly the lyrics, but like it's hard. Like the way that it kind of comes in building on the toms is so like it's it's more hardcore, I think, than than anything on the previous record. And like the lyrics of this one are sick too. This is a song that just. Makes me want to throw throw rocks at scabs. I don't know. Uh, There's a line, ghosts of the docks and the factories, the specters of somebody's history. The river runs everything out to sea, but we're still here. Um, I think that's, this is is the best song of the year so far. So when we get to the end of the year, Super 7, Dan and I may not be uh, battling for, for, uh, who gets to take the single song, but we might be coming with a high-vis track when the first round. We'll see. Yeah. I'll put that on uh, the playlist for this episode, 0151, and I'll listen to it again. Um, Oi. Not many songs over four minutes that aren't Iron Maiden songs that I love. So, But I will check it, and that's awesome. Andy, what's your take on this? Uh. I think it's cool. I'm with you, Zach. I don't really know how to classify this. Uh, I do uh, remember Chris recommending the last record and and I was in the rain with my kids and we listened to it and kind of hit, hit, hit home, whatever. I don't know. So it was kind of a cool experience with this band. 
and my kids all at once. So like, I am a kind of a fan of this band just from that time and a place type thing. But, um, I, I do, I'm, I'm with you. The other record kind of went a little harder, but I, I do like this one. The more I listen to it, the more I like it. Um, nothing I can really go into, uh, the lyrics do seem clever. He's got a British accent, so that makes him even seem even more clever. A River Pudlian accent, which you should love, Andy. I do, I do. I was hoping there'd be a "You'll Never Walk Alone" cover on there, but there wasn't. So, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, yeah, this record's great, um, and I, I like, I love hearing Dan and, and Chris go off on it. So I'm not going to uh, taint what they said. So uh, yeah, I, I do, I do like it though. I love it. I think it's a great accomplishment, right? I mean, yes, it's just because my my sensibilities lean to the no sense, no feeling, twelve inch. Like, I think this is like a better record, like for the masses, and and by all accounts, like a true record of themselves, and maybe what they were going for the whole time, right? Like again, listening to it, it sounds it sounds spectacular. It's just no sense, no feeling. Good God, man that 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 record brought the heat. So, oh, but maybe if you spend more time with this, like it will. You know, I will. I will. Like I'll listen to it three times, but we're also like listening to the advance and I hate that the SoundCloud stuff, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. It's tough. I, I know that's like the I, look, I'm not complaining about getting records early. Thank you to everyone that, that shares with us so we can talk these albums when they come out on time. But like, you know, I'm just like, I like to have the songs and listen to them on, on either my iTunes or on Spotify or on vinyl. Right. And like, I just, I, I hate YouTube. I hate Bandcamp, and I hate SoundCloud. And maybe that's just me being a boomer. I accept it. <laughs> so whatever. But yeah, the artwork, the artwork for this rap, the artwork for this rap record is really cool too. Like I think that's another thing that I mean, you know, for our generation, it's it's an experiential thing holding holding that record and, and looking through the layout. But I think it, the artwork re- works really well for this for this record too. And I'm excited to kind of get a closer look at it. Yeah, sets up the vibes. And uh, shout out Muldoon. Okay. <laughs> fight lasts for hours, each ram battering the other dozens of times. Head to head. Let's wrap that segment. Okay, we're going to go head to head to count me out permanent. You guys ready? Okay. Dan, we'll go to you first. Okay, here we go. All right, we are going head-to-head. Two of the best LPs of the early 2000s. You know, we're talking Count Me Out. 110 LP came out in the year 2000, and their second LP, Permanent, came out in the year 2002, both on the Mighty Indecision Records and we talked about this, I believe, on the very first Super 7 with Kim Possible. Um, and I was shocked to hear that some people like the second LP, Permanent More. And so this is kind of the whole reason for the head-to-head. I can't believe it's taken this long to do it. But Dan, head-to-head, count me out versus Permanent. What are you taking? Um, This would be like saying, do you want to cut off your le- left or, or right foot? I love them both, but ultimately it's 110 for me. Um, what they do and and 
really well on permanent is they utilize um, a lot of negative space and um, an uptick in the way they use octaves creatively. And the um, it almost has a it almost has a darker tone to the recording, even though the songs are harder on one ten slightly. So it it it's difficult to say that. But when I say it's got a, like a a darker pastiche to it, it's more like built into the. Um, into the tone of lyrics matched with the music. Whereas and one is post is, is post ANLP. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Like it's, it's hard now thinking back on it 20 years later, like the effect that that LP had, like, even if you're not going for it, it's there. Look at the albums that come out, you know, in that early two thousands era, post American nightmare LP, a lot of like that vibe is running through them, you know? Yeah, but then it just comes down to things like the song Another Year on 110. Like, those were the days. That's just a lie to make you feel so... Like, oh, it's so fucking good. And the way on 110 that the music does consistent, like, really deep crunching all five members perfectly lockstep with these builds to then these it's not like a full youth crew break but it's like goes into like ring outs that just are so uplifting and and give you that whoosh of like where you want to bounce and jump and like almost do like a spin mosh move like and then straight into a two step like there's something that make I mean this is my favorite hardcore record of all the 2000s so it it can't get better than 110 so 110 wins because count me out 110 is the perfect hardcore record like I love it more than almost any going back all through the 80s and everything it stands alongside all of those and I absolutely love Permanent. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love it. Like, there are so many songs on it that I adore, like South Street, Stakes is High, Betrayed, like, Against the World, Disconnect, like, so many. But there is no let up on 110 of no stopping of perfection in hardcore music. This is like, a band that takes chain of strength, synthesizes it down to something that is even more essential. That's what Count Me Out does for me. And 110 wins. Chris, what's your take? In head to head, sometimes you follow your head, and other times you got to follow your heart. Even though my head says permanent is uh, objectively superior, uh, you know, better from a strong structure perspective, uh, my heart says 110, um, you know, for a lot of the reasons that Dan mentioned, uh, the nostalgia factor obviously plays a, a big part in in hearing and loving this one first. Um, 
but permanent is awesome. Uh, you know, there's, you know, both are, are fantastic records. They both are a little bit different. You know, the songwriting on permanent is a step above. Um, but I think the simplicity of, of 110 and, and I say that in comparison to permanent because it's not a simple record. Like it's, it's got some, some complexity. Um, but you know, when I'm, <laughs> when I'm on stage line checking my guitar, I'm not riffing South street or, or stakes and high, stakes is high. I'm, I'm playing the lead to built through time. Yeah. Um, the drums are fantastic on, on both of these, but like specifically on 110, it's, this record's deceptively hard. Like I, I remember once like listening to it, driving, you know, driving down I five and uh, Tim Mack is I'm, I'm driving Tim Mack's in the backseat. We're blasting this. And he's just like punching the back of my headdress to the beat of this, you know, like moshing. <laughs> like, it's like, I think it's, it was at that point when I realized like how hard it was, you know, both records have some, some pretty interesting picking patterns. I'd say if, if you're a, you're a fan of modern, uh, beat down picking like like some of the speed picking and, and variations like and and you want to see how that style of strumming can be used in a different way like 110 has really tight picking patterns um and, and like palm muted parts but then with with permanent what they do is they kind of take that that beat down influence of of alternating variations on the speed picking where you know it's it's like when you're driving your car and you hear like a speed picking pattern and and you start to play it you know try to play it on your steering wheel um but what they do is they alternate you know with a slight variation the same beat but like a a different picking pattern and so what you do is you you find yourself picking what was the previous bar and you know find that you're a bar behind because it's alternating every other one and uh i think permanent does that a couple times really well and so it's interesting just to kind of hear that uh, that thing that is such a staple of like, you know, down tuned mosh music, but played in, you know, more, uh, light sounding, you know, E tuned fast, hardcore. Um, so anyways, all that's to say, both these are great records. Permanent is probably objectively better, but I'm going to take one ten. Yeah. I, it, so you're saying like, it's interesting hearing you say light sounding. I think that we're going to say a lot of things in describing these records that don't come out right um, to describe them. I think that people just need to listen to them. They're so spectacular for like when they came out. Like I remember count me out, excuse me, the 110 LP coming out and it just being like, Oh my God, this record sounds so big and so perfect. And just like for the genre, it's just like out of control, right? The vocals like are, they got, compared to chain of strength a ton because the vocals, the sh- the yelling is there. Like it's got like that, the diaphragm is there. Like it's so gnarly and the recording is so good. So it's, it's weird to hear Chris say like lighter sound, but that is comparing it to like metal beat down. And, and that was yeah. really smart. You saying like, there's so much picking stuff here. So if you like to listen to like that more metal sounding, slower drop tune, hardcore for the picking, like here it is in like, a band that's like doing, you know, modern youth crew influenced music. And, and the reason why I picked up on like, you know, you're saying something that isn't coming out right to describe something is because how I felt going back and listening to permanent multiple times, you know, a week or so ago, 
like I want to say that it's like easy to listen to. And I think that that's not like a, I don't know. Like when you think about describing hardcore music, like that's not what you want to explain something as, but let me like put it in a different way. So like when in control used to tour and we would do like overnight drives and so forth, you like a long ass drive, right? It's like you're falling asleep. I couldn't put on Slayer because I've listened to Slayer so much. And I know those songs, like they won't keep me awake. So even though like that's some of the most brutal, aggressive music in the history of earth up, like up to that point, for whatever reason, it's so like ingrained in me. It's like kind of easy to listen to. Right. And what I would have to do to stay awake is put on the bulldoze CD, which was a demo and the, and the seven inch because like they played that slow music and I would headbang to it at a bunch of different tempos and it would keep me awake. Right. So like, but listening to permanent, it's like, God, this record is so easy to listen to because all the songs are great. The recording is great. Like there's nothing I would change about it. There's no filler tracks. It is just like this spectacular LP that like is awesome. But for me, like getting into it, now like it just never grabbed me before and maybe i didn't have the cd then or i don't know but like if i didn't get into it then it's it's kind of hard to get into now especially uh, comparing it against 110 which is one of my favorite records ever because like you know we were talking in the group chat i was like okay i've listened to permanent a few times and i enjoy every minute of it but nothing is like popping out at me can you guys give me the standout tracks and you did and I listen to it and I'm like, God, I like all these songs, but it's like 110 just has, I mean, think about starting the record with best of me or, or Dan, like you talking about the another year song, right? Which is like them pulling off a spectacular pussy song. Right. <laughs> and then what we built, like, think about that one. Like that's a re-recording of a song that came out better, which is like a total rarity in hardcore, right? Came when out. does a hardcore band re-record a song and it's better? And a hundred times better. Dude, they nail it because they're that good. And like this recording session is just like one of those wild things. Like, you know, like why does age of coral come out? So great. You know, John Joseph has like laid down vocals since then that are great, but like nothing like that record. Right. And like nothing ever sounded like that again. There was just like something in the ether in that studio when like that record was recorded that like made it so special. Right. And like everything on 110 and permanent is probably duplicated, like same studio, same dudes for some reason, like 110 is just like, you know, if permanent's like a 10, like 110 just takes it to 11. You know what I mean? And like, I'm not even talking about my favorite song of 110, which is far from close, which somehow count me out pulls off doing a blue oyster cult ass. Don't fear the reaper ass part and turns it into a great mosh part with youth crew toms. Right. Like it's just so spectacular. And it's like, you know, before when we were talking about bands that put out two great LPs and Ben is talking about, you know, circle jerk should count. Right. Cause wild on the streets and group sex. And it's like, dude, if group sex didn't exist, like I think we would consider wild in the streets a great LP, but it's like group sex is a 10 and wild in the streets is like an 8.5 or a nine. Right. It's actually hurt because group sex is so great. Right. And I think that that is what happens here with the count me out thing is like if permanent stood alone, I think we'd be talking about it is one of the greatest LPs of the two thousands and like stands up against everything. But it's like, God, that one ten light is just a little too bright. Um, I'm one ten all day, every day. 
Andy, where are you landing? All right, I guess I guess I'm the outlier. Uh, I love 110. I felt like when it came out, um, that youth crew, old school, hardcore is my my jam. And uh, I felt like when Count Me Out put that record out, they took everything I loved and just did a record from the the 2000s, and they they updated it and just kind of I don't want to say rehash, but they they did that style perfectly in that year. And then, uh, so you guys already touched on that record enough. Um, uh, and, uh, when Paramount came out, I thought that they just took everything they did in 110 and, and did it better. Like a modern version, mo- even modernized it a little more than just, a. I don't think rehash is the right word, but I don't, I don't know the right word to say, but I feel like 110 was the perfect, you know, the new chain of strength record that they did and, and, and made it perfect for the two thousands. And then, I felt like they they stepped it up and, and took a step forward, and I, I know it gets compared compared to the American Nightmare stuff, but I feel like they did it and kept it even more youth crew than American Nightmare did. So, I really like the permanent, um, the art on it's cool, uh, yeah, everything about it. I, I I like that one better, but that doesn't take anything away from one ten. They're they're both awesome records. Mazzola is probably one of my favorite. Uh, vocalist from that time his voice is awesome lyrics are awesome so um that's why i like it i feel like they just took 110 and they just uh took a step forward so i do agree with everything you guys said on 110 though it is a fantastic record too i'm so glad we had one voco that way because i believe when we had this initial conversation again back on that first super seven dan you and kim were both saying that most people lean permanent now yeah i think so i i i've um, most of my friends in SD like Don and Matt Mitchell and stuff that I think they all like permanent better but how can you when what we built oh my god the part where he's like it does the ring out with the with the harmonic and he it, he sounds so desperate and he's like and then it comes in with the gang vote built with time when will we rise what's looking and oh god it starts building up and just getting so frantic and i'm ready to fucking mosh right now they pull off like melodic hardcore without it sounding weak oh, or with yeah. it, i mean like pretentious it's it's just so spectacular i don't know like this and then the fade of gray up here like my two pieces of like melodic hardcore that i like the most Indecision por vida. Yeah, and then on on the County on Spotify, it's three to two for uh for permanent, so who knows? Side A versus side B. All right, we are doing side A versus side B for the Right Brigade self-titled seven inch came out in nineteen ninety-nine on Stillborn Records. This was a listener request. Anyone, if you want us to talk about something, shoot me an email, 185milesouth at gmail.com. I get back to everyone. And uh, oftentimes we take your suggestions and put them into segments. So handle business, Chris, Right Brigade 7-inch, side A or side B? I love this record. Um, nowadays, I think maybe it's kind of shockingly low rated, uh, but the impact that this record and this band had on influencing the bands that are more recognized as kind of the game changers of the mid 90 or the mid uh aughts it can't be overlooked like this is a super influential band like kind of i think changed a lot of people's uh 
perspectives on what they wanted to do uh, in their bands. Um, I mean, you know, we, we talked a little bit about No Warning earlier, who, for the record, I love. Um, but like before this band, those dudes were in a band called uh, As We Once Were, I think, which was cool. It sounded like side by side. And then Right Brigade came around and they started No Warning. I mean, I don't know if that's like the canon of how it happened, but like, you know, from someone on the other side of the country, that's kind of how it seemed like a lot of things were happening. Um, Those records awesome. I think for me, there's two standout tracks and then a bunch of other solid bangers. And I think both the standouts are, there's one on each side. So for me, I'm going to look at this as plead your case, which is the opening track versus think again. And both these are songs with super hard, like moshy intros, like extended intros, you know, before the song breaks in. But Think Again is the goat. Like, this is my go-to. It's basically a blood for blood worship track. Um, But, and I know that I'm probably going to get slaughtered in the comments for this because this is probably sacrilege, but I think it's better than any blood for blood song. It's so sick. I used to have a running playlist um, and there were two, two songs that would get me like just running a tick faster. And one, one was bittersweet symphony because uh, there's a song that the Seahawks would run out to. And so like when it would come on, I would get pumped up and I would picture myself as, you know, Lofa Tutupa running through the, the tunnel, like uh, to a crowd going wild. But the other without all that loaded uh, background was think again, like, the intro comes in, done, right, brocade. Wow. There's like screaming and smashing bottles. Like, inject that into my veins. I'm like Captain America blowing by the Falcon, just saying on your left as I'm running by. Uh, I'm going side B. Love it. I, uh, yeah, that's all those takes are good, Chris, because it's hard to describe how influential this was. Right. And I think there's a few pieces of it. Like it's you through kids getting mean. So it's that it's not coming out of like the New York hardcore lane. It's coming out of like more youth crew throwback lane dudes getting meaner. It's like dudes from fast break and follow through. Right. So a lot of people that weren't listening to hard music before, like this was a, a safer thing to latch onto, right? If mad balls a little too much, you had this and then you had no warning. Um, and but I think that one thing that this doesn't get checked for of how influential it is, and I would have to like go back and listen to the American Nightmare demo again. But like the drumming on this is so fast, like going into a think about like a a day late, like how fast that song is. It's insane, and it's faster than like all the Youth Crew comeback stuff. Like, but it's doing straight double time, so it's like the youth crew double time beat was like a certain speed, like a certain beats per minute. Or if you wanted to go faster, you would go to the scissor beat, the Dicka Dicka and like this stuff. And then, you know, the American nightmare seven inches for sure. And maybe on the demo, like they just step up the double time beat that is like so fast and so gnarly. It like leaves that stuff in the dust, you know, when it comes to speed without going into, you know, the, the abrasive for the uh, the sake of being abrasive styles, like it's definitely not grindcore or you know power violence or anything like that, right? You're just going as fast as you can. 
like Slayer, right? Like Slayer wasn't doing like blast beats and shit. They were just doing a double time fast beat as fast as they could. And I think that's something that's very notable about this band. So for me, yeah. Okay. And if I'm going to give one criticism of this, like I think some of the songs are a little long and also I am a hundred percent on the other side of the fence for, from Chris on think again, like I hate that silly party shit and songs. Like, unless you're like a serious party dude where you're killing yourself, like blood for blood, it kind of makes sense there because I mean, you know, Rob like was a party animal at that point. Right. Like this, this just comes off silly to me. Um, and also it's a three minute song. It's like, just stop, but keep me down on side a and a day late on side B and just a lot, you know, fuck all these songs are great. Right. The first five, in my opinion. Um, but it comes down to keep me down and a day late. And I got to go with keep me down. Cause that is like the ultimate YOLO shit, a fast part for like three seconds into the breakdown and out before you know it. Daylight is also a super short banger. Love it as well. And the speed on that is just ridiculous, but I'm going to keep me down slightly over a day late. Shout out Clevo fucking legend. And, uh, hell yeah. I'm going side a Andy. What's your take? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Chris. I, I like the, uh, the hey hey, the bottles getting broken. I like I like all that. I'm a sucker for that. Um, the intro on side A is hard as hell, though. I mean that, yeah, that is between those two songs that Chris said for me to, as well. Um, I do like that. Yeah, day late is a one minute ripper. Um, but uh, I'm going side B. Um, Come undone's an awesome song too. One of my favorites on the whole, the record. And then uh, think again is my favorite track too. So I'm I'm side B. Oh, yeah, I love it. Dan, what's your take? Well, shout out Cincinnati. You know, our boy Cincinnati playing bass on this as he's been named and shamed in a photograph, um, repping those Cincinnati Reds. He just must be a big Pete Rose betting fan. Um, This is so good. So if you've ever loved the carry-on Roll With The Punches seven inch in particular off my chest breakdown the roots are right here like this seven inch absolutely like influenced bands across the country and definitely carry on and which i'm glad of because i love that carry on stuff and i fucking love this seven inch i love right brigade i love the way there is influence from a from a bunch of different things but it it's very unique the way this this music is put together you know like you say like there's that tiny yolo part going into a thing but the thing the expansive builds that this band does is where they really resonate like the the building like intro of plead your case the building musical explosion of think again that's where and and on um later on when they did their um lp um there's a song on the lp that i'm trying to remember that has just this awesome like uh build ah fuck i can't remember um sorry for that everyone i'm just lost in my senile mood uh over here but 
Check Carol- out comments of this episode on Instagram and Dan will uh, chime in with what song he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean, I think Jesse's voice is such a great hardcore, uh, like vocal, like the growl, but being very audible, being aggressive, but being like extremely, um, fitting with the music it, it's fantastic now if i'm gonna have to decide between the two sides i'm gonna go side a because um plead your case is just that's a fucking that's the way you open it and i absolutely love think again too and i do love the 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 build out of the you know the party <laughs> which yeah i i can see it the it is so funny that like blood for blood is referenced in regards to that party part but blood for blood is the only other band that does these epically massive build parts that this band does so well as well um there's a lot of floor punch in this like if you think about it like floor punch wraps up in this year this comes right after right because a lot of the breakdowns they're just a tick slower and floor punch did that as well like, it's that perfect, like, floor punch tempo, right? It's yeah. just a little bit under, like, an up-tempo, mid-tempo. So it's just that one tick slower. So it's, like, the perfect, like, tempo to dance to. And this hits that on those, like, big open breakdown parts, you know, where it's, like, the guitar is not doing any palm meeting. You're hitting, like, chords. You're hanging on them. The uh, drummer's on the cymbals. You know, it's just these big open mosh parts. And they're done at like that same four punch tempo, which, you know, tried and true found like the best tempo, like the best, like straight mosh tempo. And, uh, there's just a lot of that, but yeah, without doubt there's a ton of, there's a ton of floor punch. Like, I mean, the influence to all of these kids, like who are in this band of like floor punch being around at the same time, they're going to, blood for blood shows at the same time you know so i think it is that like that's a really good point that floor punch plus blood for blood plus your record collection equals right brigade you know so you you're referencing like yot and things like that as well as those two bands that are peers um i don't know it's a fantastic seven inch but i'm going side a plead your case yeah or even the the difference of this versus the floor punch is when floor punch goes super fast, they're doing the scissor beat or the digga digga, but it works and it's not distracting because the, the vocals are so catchy, right? Like every word that Porter's saying on the demo and the seven issue, even the LP, a lot of it is like so catchy that like it overshadows like that beat. Plus it's all like very short. And what this does is spectacular is that fast beat is just like next level. You know, it's like, it's as good as a fast beat on, on the American nightmare LP. You know, this that fast. So anyway, we're tied. This is a great seven inch. Everyone check it out. Um, yeah, it's wild to think that this might be underrated now because yeah. like it's kind of an all time hardcore seven inch, especially for like this era coming out of the youth crew revival and going into like, you know, a little bit meaner early two thousands and also like, you know, the ANs breaking off and so forth. Like there's, this is a spectacular record. Everyone check it out. Um, and and it's also produced by Dean Baltunas, who did Ill Blood. Yeah, and it also comes out on Jamie Heapreed's label. Yeah. You know, so how ill is that?
right. We are going to do a UFO segment for Death Threat. Peace and Security came out in the year 2000 on Triple Crown Records, also vinyl on Bridge Nine Records. This might be the hardest UFO we've ever done because I cannot imagine Death Threat without Aaron singing, right? It's what gives it so much personality. I mean, at this point, like all this early stuff through this, sonically, it sounds a lot like Hatebreed. Um, but those vocals just make it stand on its own. And so I don't know who to put in here. I still haven't come up with an answer. I'm going last. But Dan, what's your take? <laughs> All right. So the perfect example why this is the hardest UFO of all time. There is a band called Terror. They are brilliant. They are amazing. I love almost everything they've ever done. Scott Vogel is an absolute legend. They just covered Death Threat, Dead at Birth, and it just doesn't have it. You know, I I respect the shit out of them for covering Death Threat and turning like a bunch of, you know, newer people onto Death Threat, but there's something without Aaron, it just doesn't work, you know, like on Dead at Birth. So, and that's no disrespect to Terror. Like, it's a fucking killer track. It just, Without Aaron Knuckles, it's like, fuck, I just don't get the full dead at birth, right? So, no, think Dan, about- to, tie in, to tie in before you do that, let's talk about this because, yeah, Scott might be able to appreciate like the metaphor. Like, he's like the king of monotone, right? He has the perfect voice that never like fails, yeah, right? It's the perfect yelling voice and it works like so perfectly on, on everything, but it because it's so monotone, perfect, and it's like, good God, how is it always perfect, right? He can do like a 40-minute set while wearing a hoodie and it's still perfect on the last song. Like it's straight up like a gift, you know? Like if you think about like great basketball players, right? Like there's the people that like have all the talent and then there's like people that put in like the hard work, right? And the great ones, they got both, right? Like they got all that like God-given, born-with-it talent and they put in the hard work, which makes them great, great. And Vogel's that, right? Like he's gifted with his voice and he puts in the work because he's one of the all time touring machines. Right. And somehow has been able to maintain the voice the whole time. But yeah, it's like, imagine putting guru in MOP, right. It wouldn't work like with these voices, like they have to have like all that bursting personality. Right. But like guru is one of my favorite of all time. Like I would never. The king of monotone. (laughs) He's the king of monotone. Right. It crushes on everything. That's why I use that as an example. Um, I wonder if Vogel's five foot eight, (laughs) it would be perfect if he is. Oh yeah. All right, Dan, what's your take? I didn't mean to cut in on you that like that, but like, no, no. I mean, I I want everyone knows like you are saying it's like Vogel, one of the greatest hardcore singers of all time, but it's just, it's too hard to cover something like this. Right. Where like the personality and the voice, like, you know, we just talked about the count me out, right? Like, them re-recording what we built and having it actually work. Like usually re-recordings of songs don't work. And a lot of times covers don't work. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of times what I'm trying to say is there's lightning in a bottle that is Aaron Knuckles because his voice shouldn't work, but yet it has so much charisma and so much talent and so much YOLO for lack of a better term, you know, like, it's undeniable, right? So let's go 
let's go to death threat disgrace, right? Who are you going to find that can do, after all these years, I can't just turn my back? Like, who could do that, right? There's there's hardly anyone in the world, but I'm going to say one person that I think, normally I like to go, oh, I would love to hear this person's style on this, but with Death Threat, you can't do that because it, the record would go from being absolutely spectacular to being good without what this amazing vocal delivery is and an acquired taste that Aaron's voice is. So you, can, for me, I can't go, oh, I'm going to plug in this person because they have you know, like Dwid is fucking brutal and great. And I want to hear that. I, no, I want someone to give me that same kind of charisma attitude and swagger that you get with Aaron Knuckles. And I'm going with Puerto Rican Mike from district nine. I think that is the person that could ride this and give it the swagger and give it the well-earned street mentality that is pouring into these songs perfectly and he could totally nail that after all these years i just can't turn my back like he would nail that so i'm going puerto rican mike from district nine totally stepping up to to try and do what no other singer can do which is phil aaron's boots Dude, that might be the best answer. You're right. Because I was thinking maybe Eddie Leeway, maybe Jay Mindforce. But fuck, I'm going Puerto Rican Mike too. Dan, I think he nailed this one, dude. Because, yeah, I mean, like, you know, we did a whole Patreon episode of me for the first 20 minutes berating everyone for low rating the <laughs> District 9 7-inch on, on our 90s top 100. And... Good God, that seven inch is so good. The lyrics are so good. There's so much personality in it. And it's like, God damn, Puerto Rican Mike is one of the greatest singers of all time. Like on it. It's like, I don't know. I think that like them being so funny on the New York hardcore documentary, like it kind of, it made their name. Like the people know who they are, but it kind of fucked them in the way that like people don't look at the record seriously enough. Like that it is like a spectacular piece of music. You know, it's like, and it's so wild for the time. Like there's so much in it, right? Like they're getting buck on it. Like, you know, like a Fahrenheit kind of in a way, but it's so more honed in and like down over the plate hardcore. And it's like, what makes it wild. I mean, like the music's wild and yeah, Puerto Rican Mike's voice hones it in, but also makes it like spectacular and over the top. Yeah. Plug him in for Aaron. I mean, like this is the hardest one ever there. I, you just can't replace Aaron, but I guess if I had to choose someone, that's it. It's Puerto Rican Mike from uh, District Nine, Seven Inch Era. I don't know, Chris. What's your take? Um, so I I uh, wrote up a whole thing uh, attaching someone to this, and then as soon as right when we started recording, I changed my mind uh, and thought of someone else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shake my hand. Say pleased to meet you. Look me in the eye. Want to believe you. I'm going justice from TUI. There's no Aaron Knuckles. Like 
you know, you guys have all said enough. The way he flows is so unique. Like the different like styles of, of voices he uses. Um, there's, there's no one like him, but, um, I think justice could do it justice. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Unintentional, uh, could do it in justice in a way that is is different, but really cool. Like both of them really have kind of like a hip hop kind of bouncy vibe, um, where Aaron kind of like flows off of the beat, like butter and like, you know, hits the right like staccatos. Justice kind of like slithers over the beat, um, kind of like a little bit more sleazy and like, um. So I, I just picture Justice like sleazing his way through. I love this pain and it's hard to cope. And I think it would be, I think it would be really cool to hear. I'd love to hear it. That's my pick. I'm going Justice from Ty. Dude, I think that's a great take too. Jesus. Um, <laughs> all right, Andy, what's your take? Uh, I like both of those. Uh, I'm, I'm going hometown though. I'm going with the uh, Marshall from the Warriors. Uh, Aaron has all those different voices, our different styles, kind of a rappy one, a, a catchy one, a hard one. And I feel like Marshall, when he was in his, his prime, not that he's not in his prime now, but, uh, de- during the war as hell, when he was a little bit YOLO and just kind of letting it fly, I think he would have done a, a great job on this. Um, but but I am a I'm a sucker for the Warriors and sucker for Marshall, so uh, that's my take. But I I do like uh, Trapped Under Ice and, and District Nine. Those picks are awesome as well. I think that's a great choice too. I mean, all people that that got some flow, right? Yeah, like, and he I mean he would love to do it, and and he's got that swagger that I think could maybe do it do it justice as well. That's true. Yeah, I love that take. All right, Dan, final thoughts on the episode. I I did like the J Mind Force, but I feel that was like to write down the pipe, you know, POI, etc. Um episode ruled. Listen to Count Me Out, everyone. Listen to Count Me Out. Listen to everything we've talked about, but you know, spend spend run yourself a nice hot bath. Get in the bath, dance ant style, put on one ten and mosh that water all over the walls. That's what I would like you to do. I love it. Chris, final thoughts on the episode. Uh, thanks for having me. Love talking to hardcore with y'all and love listening to hardcore and uh, just big up in stuff that is good. Hell yeah. Andy, final thoughts. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, Dan, you just remind me that about two months ago I did a, uh, Stage of my kid on his bed, and we broke his bed. So, or I broke his bed. <laughs> stage diving him. So, uh, yeah, like. but yeah, listen to Count Me Out. They rule. Thanks for having me, dudes. Always awesome to talk with you guys. Andy, what was the song? Uh, I don't know. I, I gave him the. It was permanent though. I found I busted the LP out, and he, him and his buddy were listening to it, and I caught him listening to it. So I had to go stage dive him. So I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That rules. Yeah, everyone, check out the playlist for the episode because, again, it's like we're talking, and this is like two hours you listen to people talk. You weren't listening to music. Let's hone it back in and uh, listen to the music for the podcast. What it's all about. Support hardcore. Buy records. Go to shows. You know, put your money where your mouth is. This is like a living, breathing creature, and hardcore is a contact sport. You got you to gotta support it, right? 
That's what it's all about. We are, uh, it's as popular as ever, you know, but let's maintain it, right? Like, we don't want this to be the peak. We want to maintain it. Let's get it bigger or like, let's, let's maintain this for a long time, you know? But again, it is a living, breathing thing and respect anyone out there that feeds it, you know, whether you're, uh, just paying at the door, buying a piece of merch online, you know, and especially the, the labels out there putting their money in and also, uh, people doing zines, you know, that, uh, that today forever zine, I got it in the mail. What a beautiful piece of work, you know what I mean? So, and it's like, you know, podcasts are kind of the new zines for the modern era, but it's like, God, when you get a zine in your hands, it's like that nice. It's like, fuck, there's not much better than looking at like a beautiful halftone photo of a great live hardcore shot. It's like, we can see photos all the time on Instagram, but it's just like, you know, hardcore, when you buy that LP, you know, you get home from the show or you order it in the mail and you open it up. It feels so good to have that, like that big piece of art in your hand. And then you put it on the record player, you drop the needle. There's something spiritual about that, right? That's like how people listen to music for a long time. And, and, you know, hardcore and hip hop kept the vinyl shit alive, you know? And so like, it's a piece of this and, but what I'm what I'm getting at is it feels so good to hold like that that physical thing and look at it and take it all in and and hardcore fanzines is such a huge part of the history of this this thing this big beautiful beast right and that's a spectacular fanzine and uh, I loved reading it flipping through shout out Andy Diehard great interview in there and oh, uh, yeah those, yeah those, that couple of rules man Matt and Nikki awesome yeah it's a spectacular zine so. Everyone step your game up. You know, if people are putting out demos, this dope. People are putting out zines, this dope. Step up and match it. You know what I mean? Hardcore lives.